So the world has ended. Got it. Zombies have taken over. Got it. You're traveling around on your motorcycle, battling zombies wherever you find them. I don't like that. <laughs> what do you choose to wear during this? Mm, sleeveless, ideally. A lot of skin showing. Hot pants? Really as little as possible. Well, you nailed it. Some people <laughs> might say, I don't know, something thick, like leather, in case my motorcycle slides. Some people might say something comfortable and easy to move around with for when I'm fighting zombies. But nope. not you. The most comfortable thing is nothing, and that's how you move the fastest, Rose. You don't have any of that drag slowing you down. Well, clearly you're the expert. Hey, I think I'm backed up by the best. My senses have detected Alice. How is Pierre to have grown at a geometric rate? I can have a strike team ready within the hour. Everyone is scared. Good thing we like a challenge. Make sure she's dead. I'm coming for you. Shut her down. Oh. We fought the infection. We survived the apocalypse. And now... Face extinction. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More is More, a bad movie podcast. Where today we're talking about Resident Evil Extinction. The third Resident Evil movie. Mm-hmm. Starring, obviously, Mila Jovovich, Mike Epps, Oded Fair, Ali Larder, Ian Glenn, now that we know who that is. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Game of Thrones. <laughs> and a bunch of crows. A bunch of real crows. Oh, very realistic. <laughs> so this is, for me, where the the series really starts taking off. Mm-hmm. We get kind of an interesting worldview. I mean, not new or unique, but, like, cool-looking. Yes, it is. I thought you were going to say, for me, this is however many times I've seen it, and I was like, oh girl, let's compare numbers, because I don't think that you can beat me on this one. I'm sure I can't. Because I, <laughs> I've actually had this movie for a long time, <laughs> which is weird. I don't, I, I have the Resident Evil 4-pack. This was before the other movie came out. It was just a four-pack. So that's yeah. what I have. Well, that's fair. Luckily, now I have all of them. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Your life must have been incomplete just watching this one over and over again. It was. What happened before? What happened after? Who knows? I just sat there reading the Wikipedia article. I mean, this wouldn't have made tons of sense if you hadn't seen previous movies. Although, to be fair, this is the first one I saw. So <laughs> that was... Confusing. Someone had to explain to me what the deal was with the first part. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So, we open on a close-up of Alice's eye, as per usual. Alice is passed out naked on the floor of the shower. As per usual. <laughs> yes. And in a copy of the scene from the first movie. Mm-hmm. We see her playing everything out just like that movie. You know, wandering, getting dressed in the red dress, wandering around. Mm -hmm. But one of the doors in the house opens into the laser tunnel. <gasps> That's not what happened before. No. She walks in and remembers flashes of the people who died there as she touches the walls. <laughs> and then the door slams closed. She barely escapes the lasers by going up into the air vent. And when she comes out of the vent, she's in the abandoned Raccoon City Hospital. The hospital's trapped, though, and soon she's killed. 
Dr. Isaacs walks up to her body and tells his lackey to take samples and then get rid of her. Her body's dumped in a pile of other Alice bodies, which would be much more dramatic if I wasn't distracted by the fact that it took two men to carry her out there. <laughs> well, she's gross. You don't want to get the grossness They're both in hazmat suits. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Um, and they're carrying her like she's a long table that... <laughs> That's the only way to carry her? One at each end. Just bizarre. Yeah. But not even, no, because a normal way to carry her would be one person with their hands hooked under her elbows and the other person holding her feet. They don't do that either. They're standing side by side with both of their <laughs> arms hooked under her. It's, it's just like, it was such a bizarre choice. Such a bizarre choice. That's so funny. I don't know why one of them couldn't carry her in a fireman's hold, or two of them, one literally at each end, walking sideways. Well, they don't have a lot of time to get to the gym, maybe. Maybe they can't anymore. They've gotten a week from just... From doing nothing but carrying dead Alice's out there? Surely this would have built some muscle strength. Maybe this is, is them building up their muscle strength. It used to take four of them. <laughs> maybe. Also, is their supplier still growing strong on these dresses and boots? Because <laughs> they seem to have an endless supply of them. They do. And the hair dye. Yeah. Because her hair's yellow, and it's not naturally. In this movie, it's black. That's true. And also really unfortunately cut. I don't like her haircut in this movie. <laughs> so then we get a voiceover from Alice. The Umbrella Corporation thought they'd contained the infection. Well, they were wrong. Raccoon City was just the beginning. Within weeks, the T-virus had consumed the United States. Within months, the world. The virus didn't just wipe out human life. Lakes and rivers dried up, forests became deserts, and whole continents were reduced to nothing more than barren wastelands. Slowly but surely, the earth began to wither and die. You would think that desertification would have slowed down, not sped up. I know, the climate thing is weird, and clearly it's just because they wanted to make some dramatic changes to the world, and this is how they chose to do it. They just wanted it to be set in the scariest Burning Man ever. In a desolate and tumbleweed-filled Salt Lake City, Alice answers a distress call. Because I guess she's got a little radio on her motorcycle. She sure does. It's a trap, though. Shockingly. Yeah. And a hillbilly trap. I know. It's always hillbillies. Hillbillies get the short end of the stick in horror movies. Hey, they're survivors. Well, and they, they don't survive by being nice. They are. I guess <laughs> they are portrayed as crafty survivors. <laughs> Take it as the compliment it is, you ingrates. <laughs> Alice does manage to kill one of them, though, with one kick to the jaw. I know. Because she's that awesome. Oh, yeah. Also, she is dressed, as we described earlier, in the most practical clothes possible. Short shorts and thigh-high stockings that are held up by, like, garters. Yeah, no, that's definitely not the worst thing you could wear in a ton of sand. Yeah. You know there's nothing but sand in those. Yeah. Also, like, there's no way those aren't falling down constantly and having to be reattached (laughs) to your shorts. I know. Instead of just killing her outright, though, she's thrown in a pit with a zombie dog they're meat keeping dogs. down there. Meat dogs! Yes, the meat dogs. Why do they have those? Well, yeah, for one thing, yeah. Why do they have three zombie dogs? Who knows? Why don't they just kill her when she's proven to be that dangerous? Apparently, this is their only form of entertainment. I know, and, and they so have they're going to take out. advantage of it. I know, they could have easily killed her. Yeah. They wouldn't have even had to waste a bullet. Yeah. 
takes her a surprisingly long amount of time to kill the zombie dog, considering she's killed several lickers before this. So I have to assume her levels were reset for this movie. <laughs> well, Rose, you can't really show your captors who's boss until you show them all your moves. I guess so. They weren't even that impressive moves, though. Right. No, they really weren't. Compared to, like, the church fight in the last movie? That's true. It wasn't... Maybe anyway. she was just less worried. Kind of maybe she seems kind of worried, but <laughs> who knows? Maybe that conk on the head really did a number <laughs> on her. She, of course, though, does manage to escape the pit, freeing the zombie dogs as well, who promptly eat their masters, which arguably is why it's not a good idea to keep zombie dogs as pets. Yeah, almost, almost like you should keep no zombies <laughs> in your home. Nothing zombie adjacent. I mean, I guess if you just want to live a born dull life. Well, I said almost. Okay, good. <laughs> So Alice rides off into the desert, and now we cut to a caravan that's also driving along in the desert. It is a caravan of survivors made up of several big, like a gas tanker and a bus full of people and lots of lots of large vehicles. They are led by Claire Renfield, mm-hmm. who people who played the video game would know as the sister of Chris Renfield. Yes. Who's one of the characters from the first game, and she's a character in later games. Yeah, if you're looking for Jill Valentine, don't. Thank goodness. You will literally never hear that name again. Claire Renfield is much better than Jill Valentine, so. Fair enough. I'm happy with it. For one thing, she's dressed practically. Can we discuss the first thing we see this bus do? Yes. They run over zombies, and destroy them with their little spikes on the side yes because they're also street racers from like the 50s yes and the zombie blood splashes up all over the open windows it's not like it's contagious that are just covered by (laughs) a grate and there are children behind the open windows screaming with joy and it's only by magic that they don't have blood on them. Yeah, with their mouths wide open? Yeah, their mouths wide open. Yeah, that's fine. Good job, guys. Yeah, they thought If there was through. still social services, they would take those children away from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in this caravan, we also see the lovable LJ Gosh. and Carlos from the last movie. Ladies do not love LJ. No, they don't. Well, one lady well, does, actually. We'll see. Okay, Ashanti's... Judgment is questionable. I think it's because they're the only two black people there. It totally is. <laughs> this movie's not great at representation. <laughs> Having two black people in your movie doesn't mean anything if this is what they're doing. Well, Making wisecracks. Yes. Because they're very sassy. <laughs> very sassy. Yeah. And, uh... Hooking up? Yeah, and that's all they do. Uh, except one of them makes an extremely selfish choice that is never even addressed. <laughs> no. If you were the only two people of your race, though, left after the zombie apocalypse, it's your duty to hook up. I guess so. That's the deal. According to 2000s Hollywood, yes it is. Yeah. So that's enough of that, though. <laughs> we, just, we just need to see the caravans on the road. Mm-hmm. Also in, like, a deserty area. And now we're going to cut to who we really care about. The Umbrella Corporation. Oh, I thought you were going to say Oded Fair. Yeah, no, we see very little of Oded Fair in know, this film. Unfortunately. The Umbrella Corporation is still operating deep, deep underground mm-hmm. somehow. They have electricity, internet, 
meetings, and plans, apparently. They have such high technology that's still running. These holograms. Yeah, because worldwide, the Umbrella Corporation is still operating. Yeah, although, to be fair, their commander-in-chief, Albert Wesker... (laughs) Super looks like straight out of a video game. He definitely does. The sunglasses don't help. And the super dyed hair. Yeah. I would think that if the zombie apocalypse happens, you should be entitled to a vacation. Not so if you're working for Umbrella. Dr. Isaacs. They they actually act like he's super busy, even though what could he possibly be doing? Oh, I know. Yeah, so Dr. Isaacs has discovered that zombies don't need sustenance to survive, and they can probably live for decades. He's going to use Alice's blood to domesticate zombies so they can use them as workers for their surely evil plans. I mean, what plans do you even have? There's, like, not people anymore. They have so many plans, Hannah. How you don't can understand. you still be, like, let's still be an evil corporation? They have a lot of plans. <laughs> yeah, so he what claims... What are they going to do? Grow your food and contaminate you? What could they do for you that wouldn't Well, I guess now you? is the perfect time for world domination. If, as long as they have enough people that they can kind of gather together to start reproducing. I don't know what the point would be, but they could do it. Yeah, I guess so, if you don't mind being the king of, like, a pile of dirt. Hannah, it is better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. You sound like H.P. Lovecraft right now. <laughs> I think it's, like, Dante or something. Oh, that makes It's sense. what the devil supposedly... No, it must have been, like, Paradise Lost or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a thing the devil supposedly said. Well, I believe it. I mean, hopefully. Got his, <laughs> if so, he got his wish. Yeah. He certainly did. I realize that makes me sound strangely (laughs) pro-devil. That I really want him to be happy. You're just happy for him, man. You just want people to live their dreams. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So Dr. Isaacs claims the reason it's taking so long is because he's having to use clones of Alice, which are unpredictable, even though he's the one running them through trap mazes, so they're immediately killed. Yeah, why are you butchering all of them? Wouldn't this be lab work that's more related to her blood than anything else? All he needs is their blood. You grow a clone and you keep it alive and just farm the blood. Why do I have to be the one to think of your evil plans, buddy? (laughs) That's so easy. You don't even have to wake them up as long as they're just producing blood. Yeah. Listen to this evil, (laughs) horrific plan. Not evil. Just, you know, a good planner. That's two different things. It's amoral at best. (laughs) Yeah. Also, if he wants the original Alice so badly, why did he let her go in the last movie? Yeah, I feel like he's still monitoring her, and he's like, Project Alice, blah, 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 but then he lost track of her. It's also, he seems to need her blood more than he needs to monitor her from afar. It's almost like somebody didn't know what was going to happen in this movie when they wrote the end of the last movie. Yeah, they've made Ian Glenn's character into a real (laughs) dum-dum. Yes. But very evil, so it's fine. Well, yeah, he's mad sciencing all over the place, but (laughs) his plans are really fractured. He doesn't really seem to have... Umbrella seems to have a plan, although unspecified. He just seems crazy. (laughs) One of the Umbrella execs tells him that this is the highest priority above all the other research. What other research? What are you working on right now other than taking care of the zombie apocalypse? I know. I know. This is the thing. They apparently have a bunch of internal projects going on. I don't understand. They do. Yeah. So then they threaten to replace him with another scientist if he doesn't produce results. 
What other scientists? We've interviewed a few people, so uh, <laughs> they're waiting to hear back from us. Also, if you have other scientists capable of doing this, why aren't they also working on this project? One at a time. <laughs> Regulations are very strict, and the end of the world is no reason to change. Yeah, because also what like, made us there's a others. Yeah, well, like there's other scientists that are nearby and can take this over easily with Alice clones who are necessary to the project. Yeah, that's true. There's as we see later, there are more than enough Alice's to go around. <laughs> there are, but they would have to get the Alice's to wherever the scientists are, or the scientists to wherever the Alice's are. That's true. Because honestly, we see the number of clones we see later, like. He's got so many, he could easily domesticate a ton of zombies. <laughs> I know. So, back on the road, Alice finds a journal in a gas station that indicates there's a place in Alaska that is zombie-free. This takes forever. She first has to, like, go to the gas station and wander around and find the guy who's killed himself and find the journal and then camp at the fire and read the journal. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I get that we need her on Feelings. screen for a certain percentage of this, but, like... Feelings, Rose. And she's the main character. She is the main character. Somehow. Oh, yeah. She's certainly the coolest character. That is true. So, I would rather watch her doing stuff than the ragtag group of people in the caravan. You're Speaking of which... like LJ's not even there. <laughs> I wish he wasn't. <laughs> so, with the caravan... Well, just wait a few <laughs> They go scavenging and get attacked. You know, Carlos and LJ get attacked by zombies and fight them off. And LJ gets bitten, but decides to keep it a secret like someone does in every zombie movie. Yeah, it's like he- this is required. Honestly, we never find out about why he did that. Like, did he just think that it maybe it wouldn't happen to him? Did I, he not care that he was going to turn other people into zombies? Right. Did he think that somewhere there was an antivirus that they would just pop over and find? Yeah. We never, ever find out why he was super selfish. Yeah. Also, this plot point has literally happened in the last two movies. Like, already. <laughs> this happens in every movie. It's not dramatic. It's a zombie movie. We get it. They bite people. Right. This happened in The Walking Dead. This happened in Dawn of the Dead. Like, this happens in every zombie movie. Yeah, exactly. We also meet some more of the gang. Like, the sassy but sexy Dr. Betty, who's the, you know, woman who's interested in LJ. Gosh, and also by Ashanti. Yes. <laughs> and also Otto, who can guess what's in unlabeled food cans by shaking them. Which is not that helpful. We'll be opening them anyway. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dr. Isaacs makes some progress on zombie domestication. But when the zombie turns hostile, he callously sacrifices one of his fellow scientists. Like there's an unlimited labor force still out there. Two was of it them. two of them? Yeah, like, I was just like like you know, there's you know there's a limited supply of trained scientists uh, that are willing to work for Umbrella right now, right? I know the Earth is not crawling with researchers. Yeah. Also, why were they even in the room with the zombie while this was happening? There was no reason for that. I don't know. He's Drama. just putting little like fitting shapes into other shapes, like in a toddler toy. Yeah. And then he got frustrated and was like, "No." <laughs> Hold bite. Later, the White Queen informs Dr. Isaacs that psionic activity was detected in the desert where Alice was having a nightmare and lifting rocks in her sleep. He wants to send a team after her, but the execs won't give him permission. So he doctors the voice recordings to authorize it because Umbrella (laughs) is still a company that demands discipline and hierarchy. Yeah, allegedly. Although, actually, the, the guy who 
is like second in command who's like i guess maybe in charge of security i don't know what his role is but he he does seem to want some sort of order and discipline so i guess he wouldn't have done it without authorization yeah it's pretty weird to me that this guy requisitioned all of this stuff with just this doctored voice recording and wesker still never found out about it it seems like a big thing for a company that should have nothing else to do <laughs> except for this. Yeah, but they are all over the globe, so maybe it's possible to keep secrets. Yeah. Also, the second-in-command guy finds out that he's conducting his own zombie experiments, making them super aggressive. And he's like, oh, there's reasons for it. We never find out what it is. I'm <laughs> crazy, that's the yeah. reason. Basically, that's what the reason is. There's no yeah. The next day, the people on the caravan wake up to find themselves surrounded by very aggressive crows. Zombie crows. Yeah. You look at their little little eyes and they're all red. Yeah, because they've been feeding on zombie corpses. Begs the question, is every single animal a zombie now? They should be if it's able to cross species like that. Yeah, that's... I mean, we're super going to die. The other thing, though, that is that that implies... Yeah, well, and that implies that the crows have died. Yeah. And then become zombies. Because, you know... Theoretically, that's the way it works. Although I guess the fact that it can cross species was kind of made true by the zombie dogs. I think crossing from bird, mammal to bird would be bigger than mammal to other mammal. But maybe not. I don't know. They're bird, bird flu. flu. Yeah. I don't know enough about science to answer that question. Salmonella. People get that from kissing their chickens. Well, those people deserve it. Um... <laughs> So the, they flee the area, but the bus full of passengers crashes into a pole. As the crows peck their way into the bus, the other trucks go back to evacuate them, but not before Betty and Otto, who we were just learning to love, got killed. <laughs> I mean, oh. Yeah, I know. Well, there was so much character building with them before that I really was sad that they died. Alice, drawn by the swarm of crows, shows up just in time to save Carlos with her telekinesis. She passes out, but wakes up to meet Kmart, a teenager found by Claire, who is not important in this movie. Nope, and she says, oh, I didn't like my name before, and they found me at a Kmart, so I go by Kmart now. Like, Kmart, is Kmart better than what you had before? You had a chance to start over and you were like, yes, Kmart. I know. You could have chosen any name you wanted. They wouldn't have cared. Yeah. There's no name better than Kmart. Not in her book. That's what people are called when they're, like, amnesiacs. I know, right? Like, well, we'll just call you Kmart until we learn what your real name is. (laughs) Exactly. Also, sorry that Betty's dead, but she kind of dodged a bullet because she and LJ were still spending the night together and dating, even though he was... Also, was his shirt on? I know, I just thought that. Also, his shirt, they bit through the shirt, so was his jacket on over his shirt the whole time? A new shirt, or a shirt and jacket, and also must have stopped the wound from bleeding. He later- And then never took his shirt off when they were spending the night together. Yeah, he later, though, looks at his- he keeps looking at his wound like, and- (laughs) It is still the same shirt. Oh my gosh. So, and it probably would have bled through the jacket. Yeah. Anyway. Good job, Dr. Betty. <laughs> Plus, I don't know if this has happened yet, but he's like starting to feel sick and he's riding around with someone and then the guy is like, oh, you okay? And he's like, yeah, it's just uh, just the heat or something like that. And he's like, oh yeah, right, I feel you. Are you kidding me? 
that if, as soon as somebody says they don't feel good, you'd be like, hold on, you're going in the, you're getting locked in the back of a truck, we'll check on you later. Oh, totally. I mean, if a woman throws up around me, I assume she's pregnant. Yeah, except that's not contagious, so you shouldn't be. If somebody coughs, though, I assume they're going to die. <laughs> that's good. Smart. Start now. Yeah, like, I, I make all of these assumptions, especially if they cough into a piece of cloth. I assume it's probably blood. Like, <laughs> I, have, I have, know how to identify illnesses. Oh, yeah, they've got the TB for sure. So, yeah, if anyone says they feel sick or dizzy or something during a zombie apocalypse, they 100% have been bitten by a zombie. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. Oh, yeah. So Alice joins them for the end of the funeral, I guess. Carlos <laughs> asks why she left, and Alice tells him that they were tracking her. She couldn't... Also, I guess they've, like, like struck up some sort of romance, but, like, a very quiet romance, because they're not, like, macking on each other. I guess. They just seem to have some sort of connection. Yeah. They seem like they were previously involved. Yeah. Like, before she left. Like, they were yeah. dating. Show me that movie. <laughs> no. I, yeah, I feel like I feel cheated from yeah. the romance plot that seemed to have happened between the two movies. And actually, whatever happened between the two movies seems like it probably would have been interesting. Them, like, gathering up a I convoy really and think it saving people and what happened in Detroit. I would love to know all of these things. Yeah. And stuff where she realizes that she's being controlled by Umbrella. All of this would have been interesting. Exactly. But Alice says she couldn't let them find the convoy through her, like Umbrella cared about the convoy. I know. <laughs> they have now, though. So, it's all mm -hmm. been a waste. That's my thing. Why do you think that it's not happening anymore? Well, yeah, because she's like, oh my gosh, what time is it? And looks up, for starters, which <laughs> is apparently how the satellite tracks her. Because I know. Uh, Dr. Isaacs is looking at a photo taken of her looking up at the sky. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, no, it's fine. Even though your watch seems to be beeping at you. I don't, for one thing, I don't know how she put all of that satellite information in her watch. Yeah, and I it don't... It just looks like an ordinary watch. Yeah, and I don't know what she thinks the signs are that she's being tracked because she's like, oh, I'm just being paranoid. Like, she got confirmation that she wasn't being tracked. I know, I think it was that she had the schedule for the satellites programmed in her watch so she would be able to, like, avoid them? How? I don't know, because this is making it seem like the satellites were tracking her visually. Yeah. But surely, based on some stuff we see later, they ha implanted something in her. Well, you would think, unless they're total idiots. And they did lose her. Debatable. Yeah, they lost track of her, so it does seem to be just through visual <laughs> confirmation that the satellite's been tracking her. Yeah. Claire's less welcoming than Carlos, though. She tells her everyone's scared of what she did. Wouldn't you be psyched? If there was someone with psychic powers that could save you from zombies. Yeah, I would. I would be so happy. I would be that person's traveling companion. I would be on them like glue. Yeah, I don't understand these people that are like, it's scary that you saved us from dying. Yeah, guys, it is the we zombie no apocalypse. Options. Get over it. <laughs> we have no options, but we'll take death. Yeah. Alice shows them like the leaders of the convoy, I guess, the journal that she found. And everyone wants to go to Alaska, but Claire, who thinks it's too risky, as opposed to what you're doing right now, which is super safe. Well, right. As Carlos points out, there's like almost half of them are dead. Yeah. That and, they started out with. Right. They've stripped the area of supplies, as we'll find out. Yeah. 
Uh, you're in the baking sun, which means you need more things like water. Mm-hmm. And you have nothing else to do. Why yeah. not go to Alaska? Right? It's not going to be more dangerous. No, and at least it gives you a goal, something to do with your time. Yeah, that's what Carlos said. He was yeah. like, eh, they need some, like, hope more yeah. than anything else. Just watching people die all the time is not... Yeah. So Claire puts it to a vote with the group. And the group, of course, votes for Alaska. The only place they can get supplies, though, because they've stripped all the small towns, is Las Vegas, even though it will be crawling with zombies. All those gamblers. They weren't counting on it being half buried in sand, though. <laughs> no. This is Which, where we get why the is this shift only? Thing. This is half covered in sand, but the gas stations aren't. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either until right now. <laughs> but you're right. That doesn't make tons of sense. LJ knows his way around Vegas because he's been there before once, apparently. And the honest-to-God cowboy he's riding with is shocked to hear he lost $2,000 there. I know. $2,000? Come on, that's not that impressive. It's not that much. Give me $200,000. Yeah. I'll be impressed. Yeah. Even $20,000. Yeah, but 2000 that seems like, get it together, cowboy. Yeah, it's not that much. <laughs> Sounds like he's never seen money before. <laughs> I know. A real hundred? Yeah. So it's eerily quiet there, but not for long. They fight off the first wave of zombies, which takes some very fancy spins from Alice. Yes, and very little help from the cowboy, who was perplexingly told to go to the top of the fake Eiffel Tower in order to cover people from there. And he's using a shotgun to do that. Yeah. Not a sniper rifle. And I was like, well, it's going to be really hard to get down if they have to leave fast or if something happens. Well, it doesn't matter. He will later get eaten by zombies. So Dr. Isaacs watches them from, I guess, a camera in her eye? That seems like the worst seat in the house. Yeah. Honestly. It, she'd be moving so fast and jumping around. And all you're seeing is just zombies coming at her. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. Anyway... They shut her down remotely somehow once she kills the last zombie that's around her. Oh, yeah. So many. I mean, this is the thing that doesn't make sense about how they ever could have lost her in the first place. They, <laughs> there must be so much stuff in her brain. I know. When Claire screams in rage, though, at the loss of one of her people, which will soon be basically all of her people except <laughs> the, the people with names. Yeah. <clears throat> Alice fights her conditioning, which somehow causes Umbrella to lose the feed but they can, like, reboot it and get it back online. So it's not like she's completely controlling it. No, I... Technology is <laughs> whatever we want it to be. Clearly it is. She goes up to the roof where they're stationed. I didn't realize they were actually, like, on the roof of the building she was in. Isn't that insane? That's a weird thing to all of a sudden be like, oh, also they're right here. But I guess it makes sense as to why there was, like, this weird... Uh, like storage pod full of zombies <laughs> that is that true. attacked them. They must have dropped to the store. I'm like, does did a, Las Vegas not actually have any zombies in it? That you would like bring your own with you to attack them. Which, to be fair, 
Alice totally took the bait and just opened it. Oh, I know. She was like, she put her ear up to it and was like, everyone stand back. And then like opens it so they can kill the zombies. Like, guess what? You could have just walked away from that situation. Yeah. Been like, oh, yeah, there's a ton of zombies in here. No one opened this door. And there were fewer zombies than I thought there would be. Because the door opens and it's mostly dark. And then like five zombies come rambling out. These must have been the super aggressive zombies. I think they were. They They had seem more aggressive than the other zombies. Yeah, maybe they're stronger. I don't... It's hard to see in a movie, though, if you're not... Yeah. It just seemed like any zombie fight. Anyway. So she goes up to the roof where they're in a tent and kills all of them who are there except for Dr. Isaacs, who is bitten by a zombie as he escapes in the helicopter that's there. Also, LJ, of course, chooses this time to change into a full-blown zombie because it's always the way it works. LJ, why are you such a jerk? So selfish. He bites Carlos, who's forced to kill him. Mm. You're the worst, LJ. And I guess Carlos's old antivirus doesn't work anymore. Oh my gosh, that makes no sense. I know, I don't understand how you keep needing whatever. Well, it's like how I constantly have to get new vaccines for everything. <laughs> yeah, every day. Yeah. In Umbrella Headquarters, Dr. Isaacs is under house arrest, which is what they call it, but with plenty of independent access to the antivirus. Uh, as we see, because he is just pounding them. I know. There's all of these empty vials there. <laughs> as we see, he's yeah. just like, three at a time. <laughs> yes. And some more. Yeah. So he's, he has said he has to take a whole bunch because he was bitten by a zombie who was injected with Alice's blood, which somehow made the T-virus stronger. Even, I guess... They mutated her blood to make the T-virus stronger than the zombie, but even though it's supposed to be doing the opposite... It it seems like a child's logic. Yeah, I mean, like, science I got magic, bitten, so. and this isn't working, so do it 50 times as much. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I guess does mean these are the super aggressive zombies. Yeah. But he's still not looking good. No, he looks, looks like he died three days ago. <laughs> yeah. His second-in-command tries to execute him for his crimes, but he's already mutated too much. He kills him with his stretchy tentacle fingers, and panic ensues. And the doctor is into it. He's like, this is great. Yeah. I will take this It's like and it was planning. It. Yeah, I was like, you could have done this to yourself a long time ago. It's like he just never thought of it. And yeah. he's like, now I'm a weird monster? This is great. Maybe his brain also mutated. Oh, maybe so. Alice tracks the helicopter to where they landed it because she said, you know, we can't drive to Alaska for some reason. So they you should can take drive a lot of the way there. Well, yeah. So they were like, oh, you should take the helicopter because thankfully now there's so few people left in the caravan. They can actually fit in a helicopter. And that just makes me wonder, I mean, can a helicopter on one tank of gas? No. Fly from Las Vegas to Alaska? Absolutely not. <laughs> It seemed unlikely to me, yeah. which means that they're going to have to be able to land it, like fly it, obviously, somehow. Someone's going to have to be able to fly it yeah. and also land it and find helicopter fuel, which is not the same as car mm-hmm. fuel. No, that's also a really long trip through, I think, a lot of different weather. It's, it seems it's a like lot. flawed logic to me. Also, you're not able to take that much. You're not able to take nearly as much as you could in a car. Yeah. So things like food and stuff. And there's plenty of food in verdant warm alaska (laughs) yeah especially a place that is apparently so isolated they were saved from the infection 
Somehow, Carlos is turning into a zombie, even though, as we said before, he should be protected by his former antivirus. Right. He's not. So he offers himself up as a sacrifice to break into Umbrella. There's a heartfelt goodbye between him and Alice before he drives his truck into the zombie horde and sets off some dynamite. While the zombies are distracted, Alice gets what's left of the caravan into the helicopter and then goes into Umbrella. On her way in, though, she sees the pile of Alice bodies, which freaks her out a little, (laughs) and makes me wonder how zombies haven't found a way to get to them. Isn't that weird? And also why none of them have decayed at all. Yeah. Did they they, all die at exactly the same time? I think they didn't want to make her look gross. Gross. Well, considering they airbrushed her in the movie in close-ups. They sure did. (laughs) I was like, I'm pretty sure she has pores. But only in close-ups. That's <laughs> yeah. the weird thing. You could see it in medium shots. Yeah. Well, and even her neck in the close-ups looked right. different than her face. Right. Weird choice. <laughs> well, because she wasn't very pretty, so they had to do what they could for her, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's, she's famously not very good looking. Yeah. Alice easily gets inside, since the entrance is just all automatic. <laughs> Which, I just imagine, like, zombies breaking through the through the fence and, like, shambling into the building and then just like, oh, it, it's all automatic. <laughs> so, so, yeah. For us. But everything's much more damaged than what she was expecting. The White Queen shows up and tells her, which, yeah, the White Queen is the Red Queen's sister and supposedly a less evil version of her, but, like, they're just as evil. I don't know. Well, she's helping these people. I mean, how is that less evil? Yeah. The Red Queen was trying to stop it. Yeah, I mean, they're equally... Yeah. They're the same thing, except one is goes by the White Queen and one was the Red Queen. Yeah. Still a creepy little British child. Okay, the White Queen shows up and tells her what's been going on. Apparently, Dr. Isaacs isn't doing well. The <laughs> or White... is he doing very well? <laughs> it depends on who you ask. The White Queen says not well. <laughs> the White Queen has kept him to Disgusting the lower levels. bias. Yeah. The White Queen's kept him to the lower levels somehow, but she can't keep him there forever, so Alice goes monster hunting. Which, by the way, the fact that she's kept him to the lower levels means... I mean, but he's already destroyed the level they're on. Means she somehow lured him to lower levels and then trapped him there. Yeah, maybe she just kept releasing Alice clones. Maybe. I have no idea. We don't see any dead ones. So Alice goes further into the building, and she first finds a clone of herself suspended in a bubble, in like a magic bubble. Thankfully, she has her hands and legs arranged in such a way that her modesty is somewhat preserved. Yeah, it is a magical water bubble that she just needs a breathing mask for. Yep. And she's full grown, as are all of the other Alice clones. Well, I guess she's full grown, and she's just hanging out there. They haven't brought her out of it, or maybe she's still growing. I don't know. Again, if it takes you this long to make Alice clones, why are you getting rid of them so quickly? I know. I just want to know what the logic was of the test that he was doing. I think his second, I think the second in command guy actually asked him. Oh, really? And he was like, well, you're doing all this crazy stuff. And he was like, shut up. You don't understand. And I'm like, no, I would love to know. I would love to know what the logic is for what you're doing. Because it's bonkers. I would also love to know why apparently he never had to explain himself to anybody else. Yeah, I assume this is also one of those things of he just said whatever he wanted to them and they couldn't double check because they're all trapped in their underground caverns. Because somehow they find people via satellite photos, but they can't put cameras in their labs. Nope. Their technological limitations are perplexing. (laughs) Yes, they are. So as she's looking at her clone, 
Dr. Isaacs attacks her from behind, which causes the clone to be released, and it dies. And Alice covers it with her jacket. Yeah. It's very sad. Immediately. Dr. Isaacs is wounded and retreats, so Alice follows him into the recreation of the house, which also freaks her out a little bit. (laughs) She's probably asking herself, what the heck is going on here? And that is what we are all asking ourselves, so she's not alone. Every time she cuts him, though, he immediately heals. So she starts using her psionic powers on him, and it knocks him back, but he gets up and uses those same powers right back at her. Also, his accent got shockingly low class. It super did. As soon as they started doing voice modulation on him, it just took it right down to the gutter. It makes me wonder if, like, secretly there's this backstory of his character, like, is <laughs> from a low class background. He's been trying he's to been pretend to be... putting on a fake accent. A, yeah. That's so funny. But now that he's a monster, he can't help it. Yeah. I hope it is. Anyway. He knocks her into the laser tunnel and stands over her triumphantly, saying she's not the future, he is. But she just laughs and said they're both going to die here. So then he looks around and suddenly realizes where they are. And then the laser grid comes down the hall and slices him into bits, but it stops before it gets to Alice. Not because the White Queen stops it, which would make the most sense. I know. But because the Alice clone didn't actually die, she got up and went straight to the control computer, apparently. Uh, she put on clothes first. <laughs> Good point. She did put on clothes. All of the clothes that Alice... She put on all of the accessories, and then in the nick of time. And she knows everything. She knows she needs to help the real Alice. She knows yeah. that there's monsters in the hallway. She knows how to function with the computers. Like, right? she's just on top of it for a newly awakened clone. I know. It was confusing enough that I was like, wait, what happened? I don't know why the White Queen couldn't have done it. Lazy. <laughs> yeah, because the White Queen wants her to make start making antidotes while she's down there with her blood. Mm-hmm. That's the White Queen's goal, is to start curing this whole zombie problem. So it would make sense that the White Queen would be trying to protect Alice. Yeah. Certainly that she would be, like, waking up the clones and... Yeah, maybe she thought, like, the clones will do what I say more than Alice will. Well, maybe. We never see the White Queen again in this movie, so That's it's just... True. I mean, there's there's no accounting for it. We cut to the Umbrella Corporation holding a meeting, saying the American branch is lost, but they'll continue the research elsewhere. Don't know how, because they don't have Alice's blood anymore, which was the key ingredient for this. Yeah, I also refuse to believe that they couldn't just fly a bunch of people in and take it over again. Yeah, well, maybe that's what they meant. Maybe they were going to fly people there and fly Alice's clones out. Hmm, Maybe. Alice pops up in the meeting, though, saying that she's going to come for them, along with a few of her friends. The camera pulls out, and we see a ton of cloned Alice bubbles. Which really makes me wonder why there was one just floating all by itself, like, lit I know when there's actually, like, rows and rows and rows of them. There are so many. It was prepped to go. I I hope it's that they move the next clone bubble out in (laughs) anticipation for when it will be ready. It's like a vending machine. Exactly. So that is Resident Evil Extinction. We don't even get, like, a credit scene, a credit scene to let us know what's going to be going on in the next movie. This series doesn't seem to do that. They know we'll be back. I guess it was also before all the mid-credit scenes got popular. Yeah, I I think that's mostly what it is. Yeah. So, shockingly, this was not well-reviewed by the critics. What? I know, right? What movie were they watching? 
It made tons of sense, and it was very <laughs> entertaining. Exactly. Also, there were pretty people to look at. Easy to follow plot. Even if she had a bad haircut. Yeah. But it didn't matter. No one cared what the critics thought, because its budget was $45 million. Okay. And it made $150 million. Wow. There you so, go. So, take that, critics. <laughs> no one cares what you think. About, yes. About, at least about these. I'm sure they were already making the sequel. Much like how they greenlit the reboot before the last movie came out. I'm going to see it, so. Same. <laughs> so next time we're going to be going from the near future to the distant past. Oh, the very distant past. 10,000 BC. Starring Stephen Strait and <laughs> others you won't have heard of. <laughs> Which is always the best indicator of how good a movie is going to be. Directed by Roland Emmerich. We've heard of him. Even better. Yeah. So that's what's next on More is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.